Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Huddle. I'm your host, Eric McNeil, and today we have a very special guest, good friend of mine. Uh, we got Bronson Kafusi with us today. A quick background on Bronson. Bronson was born in Voorhees, New Jersey, and raised in Salt Lake City in Provo, Utah. He's an All-American high school football player. He graduated in statistics from Brigham Young University and played both football and basketball there. He served a two-year mission in Auckland, New Zealand. He was drafted in the third round in 2016 to the Baltimore Ravens and has been with the Jets and Packers. Away from the field, Bronson is involved in startups, real estate, young athlete mentorships, and blockchain. Married for 10 years to Hillary Smith and together have two kids, son Taika and daughter Kalea. His favorite things to do are quality time with his family outside, fishing, golfing, shooting, hiking, and helping others succeed. One thing he did not put in there is his sweet home gym that he always gets his young man to play with him down there. Love it. Bronson, thank you so much, man. How are we doing? Thanks for being on today. Oh, man. Thanks so much for having me today. I uh, really appreciate it. I'm excited for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, Bronson is is a stud in this space. It was cool how we got connected. Um, it was literally over Instagram. Like we, we're in each other's backyards here in Utah. Um, I had always kind of seen him from afar. I'm from Arizona, obviously. And so seeing this almost seven foot, 300 pound behemoth at BYU, I was like, holy cow, this guy is like an athletic freak of nature. I've never even like seen this guy, never heard of him. So I was kind of like a fan from afar. And then, um, as years go on, uh, I saw that he had an endeavor in helping athletes and like the NIL space. And I was like, bro, like I'm in the same spot. I really want to do this. It seems like you're further along than I am. I'm willing to stop what I'm doing to help further your initiative because we have the same vision. And from there, like we just hit it off. Like we became good friends, man. So Bronson, I'm, I'm excited, bro. What, um, Tell us a little bit, man. What what do you currently got going on? Tell us a little bit how that's going with, you know, the mentoring of athletes and IL space, all that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think one thing I absolutely love, like I'm really passionate about is mentoring, you know, younger athletes. And I think it's just a big, a big thing for me because I was mentored. You know, I was blessed to have great mentors at every single level, which has been really cool. So I created, you know, a community called Young Athlete Society for young athletes to, you know, get mentors, listen to professional athlete, guest speakers, coaches, um, agents, you know, give them access because I, I saw that a lot of young athletes, they don't, the one thing that they don't get a lot of is access to a lot of things that professional athletes get access to. And so mm. I wanted to offer that to young athletes. Um, a big piece is uh, the mindset training, the mental strength training. Um, we do weekly calls where I train on that and because that just changed my whole career, honestly. Oh, like, yeah. Changed everything for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I was really promising my freshman year in college, you know, um, and then my second year, I just kind of went stagnant and probably down a little bit, honestly. But then, you know, the one thing that I – two things that I changed – I got a mentor who had just come out of the league that I met with a lot. And then I got a, a mental strength coach, high performance coach. And so those two things were the only two things that I changed. And literally, like you can go look at the stats, everything, the game film. 
junior year, boom. And then senior year, boom. Hmm. So, um, yeah, mentorship and mindset training, they've been huge for me. So, you know, it's, you know, it's so crazy that you said that too, is um, you mentioned access and it has nothing to do with money. Like, I feel like there's so many times where like, even like right now where I'm like, look, I have the money to pay for this person in my life. I just don't have access to this person, right? So it's like, what you're doing is seriously life-changing for these kids because they just like, again, regardless of the money you and your parents have, you just don't have access to stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it, what's crazy too is like, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of, you know, kids out there who they're the oldest kid or they're the first kid in the family create this huge sports life mm. and they just are out there trying to figure it out but not just the athlete you know but also the parents and so right. that's why young athlete society is built around kind of this the whole you know ecosystem of an athlete which is a lot parents coaches trainers you know teammates the athlete like there's a lot that goes into every single athlete's ecosystem so i just i'm just trying to you know, give as much value to these young athletes that I can. So that way they can get access because literally one conversation, like in sports and really in anything, but in sports, especially can change the trajectory. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Like, that one conversation is like, like those baby trees. And if they don't have the balance on each side to like help it grow upright, I think that one conversation could do that. Or even like how they say, like putting like a wedge in it. And it just starts yeah. to split, like how how drastic the change is. That could be one conversation with the right person. Yeah, and you know what's so cool too, and I learned this from you know going through the ranks up to the NFL, is that you know when you a lot of the professional athletes, um, the mindset really isn't like what can I share, well what can I share with younger athletes. You know, or I don't, I don't feel like I have something to share even. Mm. And it's like, dude, you literally, because you're on this field, you're in this building right now, you have something to share. Right. And young athletes will be able to, you know, learn a lot from you. So that's why I do, I do this because, you know, we had just barely, we had Matt Bushman on, right? Chiefs tight end. Oh, yeah. He spoke to all the young athletes and did a Q and A and the stuff that he was sharing was like, he was really vulnerable and shared like his experiences in high school. And, but you know how many young athletes that affected, like that felt and like are in the exact same spot. He is like every single one of them. So yeah. I was getting messages from them all from That's parents so saying, thank you. Like, because, ah, being able to share that stuff is huge. That's so cool, man. I love that. And you mentioned the parents. I don't think you talk about it yet. You and I have talked offline about this, but, um, being a part of that community, you're coaching parents as well. Like you just said, right? So you have first-time athletes. Like I remember, same thing. Like it sucked for my older brother because he was a phenomenal athlete. But like my parents are trying to figure out what that looked like for the first time. And then I kind of walked into it like I was getting scouted like from a young age in high school. Like even like my junior year, I was getting stuff. And it was like not because I was great. It was because my brother was good. <laughs> so yeah. it was like – they had to like go walk him through all the trainings and like the, the offs off the field, like after practice, extracurricular stuff. And they had no idea what they were doing, you know, and that's not the slide at them in the slightest, but it's, they didn't know, like they didn't have a mentor. They didn't have anybody to, to talk to them about it. 
And then like, as it came my time, then it was like, my dad was like, Hey, there's this cool camp that we can go to, to get your name out. There's like this other thing that we can do now is because when he grew up, it was just like, dude, you played. And if you were good, you got picked, you know, yeah. like, sure. but now the, the talent is just stupid. Like these kids are, you got like a DK Metcalf or Isaiah Simmons, who's six four, two forty, running four three forties. I'm like, bro, it's insane. Like, there's how do you compete with that? You know? You're absolutely right. Like the the training is crazy. The and when I say training, I mean just your strength and conditioning and power, speed, all that. But then also your skills training, and this is really apparent to me in every every single sport you got, you got basketball players, you know, fifth, sixth graders that are doing things that, you know, I feel like athletes didn't do them to like high school. Mm -hmm. They're so skilled route runners, so skilled, like at such a young age, they're diving into all this stuff. And honestly, a big thing is cause there's, it's just way more accessible. Like there's more skills trainers. There's, you know, there's more speed trainers. So the younger athletes are getting this earlier and it's creating this, wave of athletes that are just that much above it's not even fair bro that's no. so funny. uh so you speaking of parents you yeah. you had a really cool unique opportunity a lot of people they get coached by their dad like in pop warner right you had an opportunity of playing division one football under your dad help oh. us understand that dynamic um of you were obviously a freak athlete right uh so i don't think that favoritism really played a key role of you like starting but like how how did that dynamic work for you to like see your dad as a coach and a leader and a captain right and like yeah. respecting that and like kind of separating father and and um and coach and like what did that like mean for you having your dad as your coach and a leader yeah well, that's a good question so I would say before I even got there, my dad was really good because he coached at University of Utah for almost 10 years. And then he went to BYU for almost 20. And I was uh, just, you know, a young, you know, just a young kid up there. My dad was coaching at Utah. But I always noticed that he never really talked about football at home. And um, I didn't even know he played football. <laughs> we used to go to St. George in Southern Utah and where he played junior college football at Dixie. And I remember, you know, we'd go there all the time when we were little kids, all the time. And then in like high school, we went down and we're at like the, the football field, going through, walking through the facilities and there's like a plaque and it has like, it says, oh, National Junior College uh, Hall of Fame, Steve Kafusi. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I had no idea. So literally, I had no, oh, no idea. I had to like dig out all his, it was crazy. It got crazier when he left Utah because mm -hmm. like he sat us all down. And he's like, all right, kids, we're going to go to BYU. And they're rivals, right? So my whole life up to that point, like, I was the biggest Utah fan. And I did not like BYU at the time. And so uh, we were like, no. <laughs> you guys know I played there. And he pulls yeah. out his helmet. And we'd never seen it before. And we were like, no way, Dad. Like, what? What is going on? So it, it was, it was crazy. Um, so I had to go get rid of all my Utah stuff. I remember I had all the signed Steve Smith gear. Um, um, he's my favorite player. I threw yeah. it off. Gosh dang it. Cleats and gloves and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> so that's where it started because when I got there and I started playing and he was the coach, 
um, you know, he didn't, he would coach me up at the facility in those settings. And at home, he wouldn't really coach me up ever. Like he would just be dad, like be a dad, be my dad. And so, so you know, cool. it was really, he had a really good balance of this as well as, um, but at football, he made sure that favoritism was not going to be a thing. So I had to do extra of everything. And like in the film room, he was always, you know, really, really stern with me in the film room, you know, and like, um, and like when I would do a good play, I learned early on that like, like, let's say I had a sack, you know, we're in there with everyone. He's standing there with the clicker. Um, he would, wouldn't say much or he'd be like, good job or like not say much. I learned early on to take that as like the biggest compliment. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, maybe sons or daughters of their dads are, you know, moms are coaching them. It's like, that can be hurtful. But like my mindset is, no, that's a compliment for me because I know, I know what he means by not saying anything, you know? So, um, he, he was a great coach. Um, he always got voted favorite coach on the team by (laughs) year. He was like the dad figure. Like everyone felt like, you know, like if you messed up on a play, you didn't do your job. He was never going to like chew you out and stuff. Like you just felt like remorse because it's like. <laughs> He's, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was cool. Like, you know, but he's the one, honestly, now this is cool. My sophomore year when I kind of like was going stagnant, um, and like declining my playing time, they took it. He, they took away the coaching staff. My dad, they took my, my playing time down. And so, but he's, he was cool because he called me and said, hey, I want to talk to you. And that's where he, he was the one that told me, like, hey, mm. you have everything that takes. Your size, your speed, your work ethic. You know, you're dedicated. You're committed. Um, but he's like, you know, on game day, you're not really performing like you need to if you want to go to the NFL. And so I want you to go get a mentor. And I want you to go meet with uh, a mindset coach. And I was like, all right. Like, I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So I did, and it changed my whole career because I was just always playing sports. I wasn't yeah. like I had no, I had like really not not a lot of goals with it. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. just out there playing. Like they tell me go do this, go do that. Like learn this skill. I was learning it, but I really had zero goals. You know. So once I got that, the vision, the clarity, and that's where I I was like I'm going to the NFL. Like and this is what I'm going to do to get there. And so Dang. I broke everything down backwards. Like down to the very end. So that was like your junior year that happened, or sophomore year? Uh, sophomore year, like oh. midway through my sophomore year. Yeah. Okay. Dang, yeah, dude. Because, and that's so funny. Like, I feel like a lot of kids, man. That happens where it's like, I we just talked to Zach Moss about this uh, on the last episode, where it's like a lot of kids are like focused on the cool uniforms, the swag, like the reels and the content. And yeah. like a, not a lot of people are having that focus on what's next because going to the right college is going to either sink your NFL career or it's going to throw you like launch pad. Like, dude, we, I just talked to a guy, I won't say who it was, but there's a, a wide receiver that was last year projected to be a potential top 10 pick overall, mm-hmm. went back another season, and now he's like looking like third, fourth round. Right. So it's just like these different opportunities. You have no idea how much life can change. And first round to third round is like tens of millions of dollars. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like 
Like, okay. dude, the little things, man, the little things that can just drastically change your life. Yeah, no, it's true. The little things really can, especially when you get to that level. Um, because, yeah, like one pick, you know, that's literally one. Like, you go from first to a second round pick, things change. You know what I mean? And, like, the picks, you're right. Like, in the NFL, you know, you're doing everything you can to get that money up front because when you get to the, when you walk in your first day, the next day is not guaranteed. Right. So literally, you know, you're trying to do everything you can to get as much up front, you know, when it comes to money like that, you know, that you can. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you just talked about it, right? Just kind of like being able to be in these um, locker rooms and making the most of it. Um, You have, you mentioned in the bio, like you've had a journey between teams. So when that contract is up, I want to know two things. One, contract year. What does contract year mean to you? Like going into that season, knowing I'm either getting extended or cut. Like it's do or die, win or go home, like all on the line, right? Like what's the mindset going into contract year? And then when it doesn't go your way, right? They don't extend you during the season. You have to wait till the off season. What does that look like? Um, like navigating that process, meeting with teams and like, what kind of weight does that have on your family knowing that you could just up and move across the country like tomorrow? Yeah. So I'll, I'll share kind of like my stories of my, honestly, my real experiences with mm-hmm. this because I won't sugarcoat it, you know, uh, for everyone who's listening, but, you know, um, in the NFL, you know, the saying is like, as soon as you walk in those doors, there's a list of a hundred people that want to take your spot. And so you literally, every day can be your last day. It really can. Cause there's, it's that high level of competition. Now, if they have the money, if they put money into you, they'll give you a little bit, they'll give you some leeway. Like they'll give you more tries. Um, but if you have a guy that they haven't put money in and you're making mistakes, you're gone the next day honestly so you know that's why every day you get really used to living you know at the edge and performing you know at a high level every single day because you want to remind them every day why you belong on that team and so um that's why a lot of professional athletes are high performers when they get done in the league as well just because they're uh they're used to going for big goals every day and, you know, really living every day, like it could be taken away. And so, um, so my, my experience with like to answer your questions about that are, you know, my first year I was hurt, I, my rookie year and the rule, one rule, unsaid rule in the NFL is rookies don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because you're a rookie. Like, you know, if you get hurt, guess what they're going to do the next year. They don't, you're a question mark now. And so now, they won't draft other people, you know, they're going to bring in free agents and you, you know, that's what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. So then, you know, you're fighting, you know, to get playing time, you know, and then um, usually, you know, you might play well when you do play, but you're not going to get as many opportunities. And so the NFL is all about opportunities. And when they come, are you prepared and do you capitalize? So you'll look at guys who are prepared and those opportunities come, they capitalize and they don't look back like Tannehill. Like I'm trying to think of other guys that like people that everyone knows, like Darren Waller, 
for yeah. example. Oh, yeah. I was there in Baltimore, like when he got, um, when he left the league for a time and how hard that was. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and made the most of the opportunity. Like, and that's the thing about the NFL. Every single guy in that locker room can perform at a high level. The difference is who does it when the opportunity is there. And so uh, that's that's the biggest thing. And when you're when you get cut, you know, I, I, I've been cut before, right? I've pretty much been everything, um, <laughs> honestly. But you know, it's it's tough, man. It's tough when you got to call your. I remember calling my wife and being like, "Hey, just so you know." I got I got released, aka cut, and uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, my agent, you know, I'm telling her my agent, our our agent is, uh, you know, gonna try to get us on a team. And I was going into my third year, or I was in my third year when that happened. So I hadn't gotten pension or anything. And so the goal literally becomes at that point to get pension. So that happened. I was able to play, you know a ton that that year, you know, and I went to the jets. Um, and it was, it was awesome, but that wasn't guaranteed, you know, as soon as I got cut from Baltimore. So, you know, you just, I mean, and she moved everything, like she moved everything because we were like renting a place. She like moved everything back home, back to Utah. And then she came out to New York. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a full family thing, honestly, like it's a full family, uh, business. You know, like football is family. Yeah, it is. It is mm-hmm. all types of levels. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy, man. That's the one thing that is like hard to grasp because as, you know, for us, like the individual, like that's working or the breadwinner, whether it's a career or if it's football, either one, like you have that sense of like, I got to like take care, right? Like I have to be the breadwinner. I got to support to make sure that their life is easier and then when that whirlwind comes like you get cut or i get uh let go like whatever the case is now it's like we have that inner confidence like i got it like i can figure it out like there's a hundred other opportunities like i'm good but how do you portray that to like Uh your spouse who it's like hey we're in baltimore we're from utah we're going to new york like yeah. Like how, like, you know what I mean? Like how, how are you able to like articulate this to your spouse to just be like, Hey, you know, this is where we're at. This is what's coming. Like, do we have our ducks in a row? And I guess that's a question for you is what did you do to prepare? Like you said, you're trying to get the pension, but what did you do to prepare to make sure that if you never got that phone call that you guys were good? Yeah. You know, what's crazy to be like completely honest, full disclosure I didn't, I did not know what to do, honestly, um, with that aspect of life, because growing up, I wasn't around that, honestly, like, I didn't know what investing was, you know, I didn't know how to handle money, I didn't know any of this stuff. And so uh, I would say, in New York, when I was there on that 30, in that third year, um, that's where I really started, like, have ownership of my financial situation and the money moves that I was making. And that's where I started to learn a lot about investing and getting in the right rooms with other people who had experience and a great track record. So that way I could win. I, 
I fortunately, you know, was really blessed to have a neighbor line me up with uh, their highly trusted, you know, financial advisor where, you know, I didn't have the money to meet their minimums, but because I was family, they let me come into the family section. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was there and it was, it was great because, you know, I didn't lose money, but um, I definitely wanted to keep growing my money. And so that's when I dived into real estate and jumped into the real estate game because I wanted to help my teammates, family members, um, you know, invest in, in something that a lot of NFL players didn't know about, honestly. And so, yeah, I really, I really loved having, you know, all the education from my financial advisor. Oh, so valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a game changer. You yeah. know, like you have to have someone teaching you the basics. It's a new sport. It's a new game. And you're, no matter what you're going to play this game, it's like, you have to have a financial advisor or someone that's educated in finances to teach you the game, the yep. rules, you know, how to play. And then, you know, and then I kind of branched off. Same thing. I found a real estate person like that, able to learn a ton. And, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to keep learning. Like, and that's what really, you know, I was making plans, you know, making sure I was in a position where, okay, if I was done playing today, like, where would I be at? And you know what's funny? I got asked that question in my rookie year. Steve Smith came up to me because he, he was in Baltimore. And he remembers my dad because he was one of the coaches on the staff. And he re he remembers me, right? Yeah. I was one of the coaches' kids running around. And he came up to me and said, hey, do you think you could survive? Hey, if I give you a million bucks right now, do you think you could survive off of it? I was sitting in the training room. I remember on the table. And I was like getting my ankles down. And I was like, uh, I don't know. He's like, I was like, I don't think so, honestly. Because I was like, if you spend like 50 grand, you know, I'm a yeah. stats I'm like, if you spend 50 yeah, yeah, 20 grand, years, 50 grand a year. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, he's like, exactly. And he handed me a richest man in Babylon. He's like, read this book. Wow. I never read a financial book before in my whole life. I literally read that whole thing. Literally just keep, I just kept reading more. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, I started reading all the different financial books and just educating myself because you're going to play this game. I realized. And a lot of athletes, it takes them a second to realize this, but it's like, you're playing the game of your financial future and wealth. <laughs> like you better be educated. You can't just rely on, like, I could have relied on like my financial advisor and real estate people and all these other people, but I didn't want to rely on them. Like I wanted to be like with them, you know, yeah. like with them in the conversation, not just taking information. I want to be discussing it as almost like equals, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually a big piece. Like, as you know, like I'm in the finance world, right? I've been an advisor for 10 years. And so how you just like your reaction to that, it was so cool to see that because I never get to see that from like a client, like they go home, they talk to their friends about it. Like it's rare to like see that, like that glow where you're just like, yeah. oh, financial advisor <laughs> where it's like, but how you get so excited about it, we get that same like euphoric feeling of coaching because I tell all my guys, I'm like, bro, you're not just going to park your money. And then like, I never hear from you. Yeah. Like if I'm not teaching you fundamental principles and for example, like the biggest one, dude, the biggest one is for someone like as soon as you come in the league or any contract you have, it's not guaranteed ever. Uh, 1% uh, of guys get full guarantees, but like besides the point, right? You're not going to get a guaranteed contract we're going to make sure that you have no debt by the time that contract is done. Yeah. 
Like at all. Dude, like, could you imagine you are an NFL athlete, you have your fun, something happens, you get cut, you don't get your pension, you don't get the guaranteed contract, and you have debt. And you have no idea where you're going to make more money. How scary. That's scary. Bro, like, 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 what career are you going to go in that makes anywhere close to the same amount of money that fast? None. You have to be an investor. You have to. You have to. The minimum seven seven ten, or it's up now, I think. Yes. Seven hundred thousand, you know? Yeah. Like and you do that for an average lifespan in the NFL, two point eight years, so three, we'll say. That's like whatever, two point or yeah, two point two five. But taxes, your agent, and it's like Cut it in half. Cut it in half. <laughs> you play for Buffalo or like LA. <laughs> yeah. You're walking out you're walking out with like two hundred after three years. Like, come on. Seriously. No, seriously. And it's like that I literally just had this conversation, you know, with some family members about how this works, mm-hmm. how money works. Like when you're with your earned income, this is how it works. Like, and that's why, that's why, you know, people that are willing to educate, you know, new, new rookies, you know, rookie, fi- rookie people, you know, which is all of us. If, you know, if you didn't grow up with someone in the space, you're a rookie. And so it's like, that coaching is so valuable, honestly. And it's like, you can't get enough of it. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I actually, there's one question I did want to ask and, and, um, this happens to everyone. So don't feel like you are singled out. I honestly don't even know. Um, and don't feel like you're singling out your family or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. One big, I don't know if it's a, yeah, it is a concern. One big concern in the league is when you make it, your family thinks we made it. Yes, very true. Where is an appropriate line in the sand to discuss that with family? Because like we just talked about it, bro. Like you have a non-guaranteed. They they know that you're making good money, quote unquote, right? It is good money. Don't get me wrong, but like after, dude, it's W two money. You're losing half of that, like guaranteed, right? So you're going to lose half this money that you make. It's not guaranteed. You might make it for two, maybe three years if you're gifting all this money out helping family with family emergencies that all of a sudden came up, right? Where's the line in the sand and how do you go about talking to family of, you know, like respectfully, this is where I'm at. Like, how do you have those conversations? That is literally one of the toughest things. Like, I think that's tougher for NFL and all professional athletes than playing the game. Oh, dude, it's depressing. Trust me. Like it's, it is depressing to like, see how many people struggle with it. It really is the toughest thing. And so, you know, like I fortunately, like I didn't have that concern, but if I did, this is how I would do it. Honestly, how I would manage it um, because you want to help. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would do is first, depending on what the opportunity is to help out someone, sometimes they're like investment opportunities or whatever. Um, I would, I would always have a team screen everything. You know, I had a number I could give out. Say, hey, Kay, call this, you know, call this person. Um, you're going to pitch your idea idea to them. And, you know, and they had like this whole thing. So like if there was like an investment opportunity, that's how it would work. Now it's different when mama calls and she's like, hey, I need help. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, you can never say no to that one. Like that one's no, just, it's, it's written. It's you're different. Not- There's levels to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like a third cousin calls, <laughs> I haven't talked to in years. That's different now, right? Well, bro, and in the Polynesian culture, again, like no disrespect to this, it's like everyone is family in the poly culture, right? Like yeah. 
That's tough, man. You have more cousins than I than I like went to school with. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. And that's why I would say like the older generations of people that played in the NFL, they face this even harder, you know, because there wasn't really the education piece wasn't taking place as much 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 30 years ago, you know, 15 years ago even. Like, and so I would say now that I've had some experience, you know, playing in the league and in business, you know, I would create, I would create something for my family to be able to earn money. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's, I would invest in a franchise. I had an uncle do that. I have multiple uncles that have done that. And guess who works at the franchise? All the family, I like and the nephews and the nieces and, you know, everyone's there, cousins, like they're working it. Um, I would also create, you know, not on, like not only just a business, but I'd also want everyone to learn about, you know, all these financial, uh, you know, different lessons that we all need that I learned. It's like, okay, well, hey, I'm going to invest. I'm going to put up a franchise. Everyone's going to work there. Part of working there, you have to hop on these calls once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like now I'm actually making a difference. Rather than just saying, hey, here's 500 bucks, you know. It's gone. It's literally, you're never going to see it again. And and that's always been my view, honestly. Like as from the athlete side, is when you give money to family, just expect it not to come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, that's the expectation you have to set. Yep. So if you're comfortable with that, great. If you're not, then don't. don't do or it. set an amount of money and talk in ratios, meaning – you know, I have this, this is like 10% of everything that I own, right? Like, mm. and you want 10% of everything that I own? Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I can't do that. Like, this is making this, I will, I'm not to that point yet. I want to get to that point though. And I want to help you. Yeah. But I just, this money's growing and I'll be able to help way more people. I'll be able to help out and I'll be able to grow businesses. I'll be able to, you know, there's a lot more, you know, you can get a lot, you can get very creative. Yeah. You know? in that area so i love that so you what you just said it's so cool man um that you think this way and first off i want to make a super quick disclosure for anybody that is listening that has family in the league that i don't know if they feel guilty or anything right listening to this so i just want to make a quick disclosure like i get it right like if you were a parent or family member like yeah of course like you're excited that you know someone close to you has made it they're in the league and you know maybe you need some help and you fall in those tough times so i'm not I'm not speaking derogatorily to anybody who has asked for a handout, right? Or, or, or that helping hand. I just want to make that clear, right? It's, this is more so geared towards the athletes on how to handle the situation. And what you did is exactly what I instruct my guys. Number one, I said, put me in the middle. I yeah. will be the bad guy because I have an unbiased opinion to your family, right? I understand your mom changed your diapers from when you were little, I understand that your brothers, like you guys roughhouse together and you put in the work. Like I get that. My responsibility is for your financial success. And so if someone comes to me, it's the same thing. It's a vetting process. And I tell them the same thing. Hey, look, we're in the early stage of the contract. This is growing. If I give you money now, it hinders our opportunity to help the family later. It's I can help you or I can help generations, right? So like, let us build something. And then for two, how you said, stretch the dollar. I am a huge advocate of leveraging dollars and not just getting rid of dollars. Yeah. You and I love debt. 
we get that as businessmen, like how yeah. important that is, right? And so I recently had a guy who the same things like, yeah, like my family needs X, Y, and Z. And I was like, bro, like you realize they didn't tell you they needed X, Y, and Z until you got this paycheck. They don't need it. They want it, right? And so what we can do is if they really do need this source of income, go buy some rental properties, go buy a franchise, go buy cash flowing investments. So that way you spend it on X, which is an asset. And now that money will pay out whoever you want. So now you can continue to get your endorsement checks. You can get your game day checks and your family is able to live off of essentially a trust. They can live off of that apartment complex, right? Like, and if they want more money, well then you need to make more money or they need to get another job or like whatever the case might be. But now it's, it's creating an opportunity to make more money without just spending every dollar. So now Bronson, a quick question now on the flip side. Now knowing what you know, if you had like a family member, friend, cousin, whatever, who has an opportunity, what's an appropriate way to approach you as the athlete with these opportunities and like in a respect, like a respectful manner, like, how would you like for them to approach you if this were the case? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, what's in, what's important is, I mean, to do something that you just normally do with them, you know, because if you're normally with this individual or someone, um, it's like, you don't need to do anything crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to have to do this with them. Like, you know, it's like, no, just you guys are family at the end of the day, right? And it's like, you can just bring it up. And honestly, I think that's like, like I found like a family dinner. Like I could see that happen easy. Like you're all sitting there hanging out, talking. And one of my brothers comes to me and he's like, oh, you know, we start talking business, which usually happens, right? Um, And so, you know, he comes up to me and tells me, oh yeah, hey, I got this thing going on. Like, I think it's pretty cool. Like we should check it out. Um, And then I would say, Okay, so why do you like it? And in the next 30 seconds, I want to hear literally clear, concise why he likes the opportunity. And I mean, for me personally, like that's how it would work with me where like I would I, w- I would know quickly if I'd want to pursue this a little more mm-hmm. depending on what he says, you know. So I, I'm very like, I'm asking lots of questions. And so... Um, you know, and then I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's check it out. And we'd probably have another conversation. But I think that initial conversation doesn't need to be everything. And I feel like a lot of people do that when they approach investors or even like family member investors. Like they come in and like spill everything at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, you don't have to do that. You know, yeah. you kind of have to just. Just trust it. the relationship, right? The relationship stronger than the business. Yeah, facts big thing like the relationship is stronger than the business so um you know it's like let's just it's one of those things where peak interest and then let's follow through together and let's see if this makes sense because i'm gonna have a team of people right that are gonna look and vet this so i don't need to know everything yeah i I just need to know enough to be interested to send it to my team yeah that's it that's literally it and it's like okay cool like let's let's dive into this a little bit more, and, mm. and honestly, and that whole process is just something that I've learned because like like what I do outside of football now is that you know that's one of my roles is being able to share 
investment opportunities with people. And so I, and I've been doing that even when I was in the NFL, I was doing it. And mm -hmm. so I've kind of learned different things I felt like are really valuable in sharing awesome opportunities with people. So mm, I love it, man. Um, so you just made a, a couple of comments and this, this question has been top of mind and I've been respectful of it because I know how, I guess, sensitive this topic could be to a lot of guys that are kind of like at that sunset of their career. Um, so I really want to know, man, like where, where do you stand right now? The last, the last, I think this last year you had an opportunity of like a position change, uh, to help you be more attractive as like a potential landing spot. Um, obviously the NFL is here. The XFL has been resurging. Uh, like where do you stand as far as your career and in life mentally and in your heart? Like, where are you at with football and entrepreneurship? Like, where, where, where do we stand? What can we expect from Bronson? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, you know, I, I trained all last year ready to play. And so, and I was ready to play and I was taking calls and, you know, nothing panned out for me as far as like leading to being on a team. And so, you know, I told, you know, my wife and I talked about it and we're like, Hey, you know, as soon as the NFL, that first year where I'm not on a team, um, let's just be done. Um, if we've met these goals and that was always the plan from the beginning, just cause we knew like this stuff isn't guaranteed. It isn't guaranteed. Like it's just not. And so it's like, okay, what do we want to do? We want to be able to, you know, get the retirement, right. Which is three years on active or IR rosters. Right. Um, so that's okay. We did that. Okay. We want to be in a financial situation where we've invested, you know, half of everything that we've taken home mm. and we've been able to compound this through the years. Okay. We, we've done that. All right. And then, so from a financial perspective, it's like, okay, great. Um, you know, for me, it's like, okay, well, I want to be able to start, you know, as a player in the NFL, right. And, and playing games, you know, make plays did that. Okay. Um, all right. And then I, there's just this big checklist, honestly, that we went through. And so it was like, okay, well then if we've done all that, where are we at right now? I'm going to be 32 this year. I mean, I've had some injuries, right? It's like all NFL players. Um, but I mean, I don't, I've been blessed to not have, you know, anything cognitive concussion wise. Right. Yeah, um, and Besides that, outside of football, I've been super active in business and starting some businesses and being a part of different investment groups and, you know, standing up management teams for investing opportunities. And, and that's going really well. And so it's like, well, do I go back to football or do where that's not guaranteed or do I come over here where I control my future? And I said, you know what, I'm going to control my future. I've, I've met a lot of the goals in the NFL, but I'm going to change it up. And I want to be able to be in this position and, and then take things I've learned from the NFL, right? Like the, like the intangibles of, you know, hard work, discipline, all these different things. And now let's put it over here and now let's just throw gas on the fire and take it off. So that's really where I'm at right now where, you know, I, I did have like quite a few offers to go into the XFL and USFL. Uh, my, my brother's there playing in the USFL right now, right? Like he's playing, he's on the Memphis showboats. He's playing, he'll be out there. Um, like they were one of the teams that offered me to come play and like, <laughs> play with their brother. 
and we'll do this huge marketing play and all this stuff, you know? And, and I was just like, you know what? I got two kids. I'm almost 32. Um, I just have a feeling like, you know, I think it's time to like root down, you know, still be involved within the athlete world. Um, but I'm like, I feel good about where I'm, I'm at peace with where I'm at as far as all of these different things. And I'm just grateful for it all, honestly, because the NFL catapults you into life after football, yeah. life outside of football and business. If you are willing to, you know, see it and apply those things, you know, because mm-hmm. NFL athletes, it's, it's, you know, getting into something else outside of football is a little scary. You know what yeah. I mean? So um, me, though, I've, you know, been navigating those waters for a while now and um, learned a lot. And so that's, that's where my mindset is, where everything I'm going to get involved in though is to give back. So yeah, I've, I've noticed that I've seen that that's, that's like really big about you. Like when we talked about helping you with your community, we, we bounced ideas off each other for a long time. And yeah. everything that you talked about was like, just giving back. And like that, that's, that's what like really drew me to you initially Bronson was just like your heart, man. Like you, you've got a tremendous heart for like helping people out. And so it's really cool to see that you found peace with the decision with being with your family and just kind of like closing that, ch- leaving the book open, but closing the chapter on that part of it. Right. Of just like yeah. gleaning from all the opportunities that you've learned and like implement, which is the whole point of this podcast it's breaking yeah. the huddle, man. Like we spend a lot of time planning and not getting to work and not executing. And it's cool to see that you're able to take what you've learned from the league and find parallels in real life. Um, my last thing that I want to leave with you is I want you to speak to every athlete that is in that situation they're probably in like that 24 to 30 year old range that like they're not the rookies. They're either at the end of that first contract or they're getting close to retirement. They've had some injuries and they're terrified of what's next. They've, they've attached their identity to football. They can't let go of that. They're scared to move on to what's next. They don't feel they're prepared. They feel like they're going to lose a lot of that. The word it's not the right word clout, but they're going to lose that sense of, Oh, you're the football player, the NFL guy. Can you just take a couple of minutes to talk to that guy and and help guide them in the next couple of minutes through this process and through your experience? Yeah. So I would say first thing is let's start with mindset. Uh, you know, it's not football is truly not who you are. It's just what you do. And so and you do it really well. And because you do it really well, uh, you've learned so many you know, different characteristics that can help you in business. Now, right now, you don't know that, but you will soon. And how you get to know that is through, you know, having experiences, just like in football, you have experiences, you know, playing and you, you know, you get better and better and better because you're performing every single week. And then more opportunities come. It's the exact same thing in the business world where, you know, you got to choose your trainers, your mentors, right? Um, you gotta, you gotta choose, you know, how you're gonna use your time, all of that. Um, and so, 
if you're able to do this and you've been doing it for years, right? Like let's do it with business, but let's get you, let's get you other teammates involved and you know, let's look at who's on our roster right now. I got my agent, I got my family, I got some family members that do X, Y, and Z. Um, there's some teammates that I trust. Um, I'm going to reach out to that list first. So there's people in your corner that you can reach out and just have conversations with, like just have conversations with them and just talk with them and share with them truly how you feel. Um, that's a big thing for athletes where, you know, we don't share how we really feel. And so if you're truly, you know, feeling that sense of fear or an urgency to get into something, but you don't know what to do, it's like you, you have a roster, like go back to your roster and go through that list first. And I guarantee one of them, at least one of them, there'll be a lot more, but at least one of them will have direction. And then, you know, that little piece of direction will guide you to your next thing and then to your next thing. But just like in football, as you're doing that, you got to have a really clear vision of what you want. And so just like how we write down our goals as athletes and we have them everywhere, you're going to want to do the exact same thing with uh, off the field business, you know, life that is right here, right around the corner. And people that are still playing, you can do the same thing in the off season. I think that's important. Like you can't train all day. Like I know you can't. <laughs> and um, I think it's, you know, just take one. Why can't you go like on your rest day and just go and learn something from someone in the, in the community, a business owner, go have a lunch with someone. That's probably the biggest thing because you can use your platform right now to reach out to local business leaders and just entrepreneurs. Hey, this is so-and-so. Do you want to go grab lunch? Yeah, sure. All right. And that those lunches will turn into real traction for you in business and everything else in life. So I would say, you know, those are the things that, and the advice that if I was talking straight to uh, other athletes that are, you know, right at the end of that cycle, they're probably about done playing, but they have that sense of fear. It's almost like looming, I would say. Um, but you, you can have confidence that you have what it takes, A, and not only you have what it takes, but the people that you have, have they, they, they know what it takes. And if they don't, I guarantee uh, you'll be able to find someone in your corner quickly that can get you there. So that would be my advice. I love that. That's, that's beautifully put, man. I really appreciate you uh, opening up, being vulnerable on this podcast with us. I would say to echo what you just said, um, as athletes, you are the elite of the elite. If you found a way to get into the NFL and play for as long as you did, even making a practice squad roster, I don't care. The minimal to put on an NFL uniform means that you have what it takes in life to accomplish anything. You understand resilience. You have good character. You have drive. You have work ethic. You can be trusted. And those are all the characteristics of the most phenomenal businessmen and women on the planet. So like what Bronson said, all it takes is being vulnerable. I think that is the one key driver that's going to help athletes post-career go from like being a statistic, right? That we all know that we don't need to talk about the numbers to thriving and having a life that they can leave a legacy. And that all comes down to being vulnerable, getting the lunches and meeting with people in your roster, in your huddle that you can trust. And then you break the huddle and you get to work.
So Bronson, thank you so much, man. I got a lot of love for you and your family. Thank you so much for spending this last hour with me and, and dropping this insight for everyone involved, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Well, we'll, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much, Bronson.